Yeah. Wow, we yeah, already have we already have comments. <laughs> right, I'm gonna wave. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna. Does this mean I've already wide failed wide. by the fact that I've made it landscape? Why? It's not letting me invite you. Hold on one second. Ah, here we go. Instagram, you got slow on me. All right, oh, then you'll be pinged with a notification on your phone. Yeah, I've just pressed that to say, hey, go live, enable microphone access. Alexis, enable, yep. yeah. Yep. Um, microphone will sh should be coming from the headphones as we've plugged in, but. Correct. Ooh, let's see what happens, man. Okay. Um, <laughs> Technology, ladies and gentlemen. You'll have to forgive me if I go into ridiculous fake American accent from time to time. It's one of my quirks. Um, I have a, an American boyfriend. I used to do it all the time. And he used to do the same with putting on a Southern accent that he doesn't have and stuff like that. So forgive me. It's part of my thing. Um, yeah, you received a notification saying um, to join the stream on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. And then it's just asking me to give permission for microphone, which I think I did. Or at least I tried to do. Um, you did. Oh, maybe. It's gone back. You may have to press the invite again. Uh, I've got the invite coming. Sorry, oh, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, on Facebook. Here we are. Um, it's 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 my yeah. There we are. Look at that. Look at that. That's looking good. You're a little bit on the sideways level, but we'll we'll roll with it. I can do it the other way around, but it will just require some fiddling about. <laughs> you know what? Can work with me. No. No, we'll do it. That that works. That works. That works. We're good. All right. All right, ladies. Hey. Yeah, not bad. So, all right. Welcome to the ep new episode. I can't rewind. Welcome to the all new episode <laughs> of the Open Heart Collective. Uh, I am Philip Ryan Block, and I am joined by my special guest today, none other than Rowan Riddler. I apologize if I butchered your name. I'm terrible at name pronunciation. So <laughs> it's absolutely fine. Let's, uh, <laughs> it's Bridler, but it doesn't matter. All right. But Fair yeah. enough. Bridler. Um, Bridler. That makes are. more sense. That makes more sense. All right. Um, so, as with all of these conversations, Please we're really going to dive. A little bit. Okay. As with all these conversations, we're going to dive deep into mental health, into our respective stories, and and with the mission <laughs> of helping people. So, that being said, uh, I will have you share a bit of your story. Um, okay, share your story. a tiny bit with what you're saying, so I'm catching, yeah, okay. Um, let me know if, if it's sort of cutting out for you, occasionally it was, but my story. Um, hmm. Well, it was, it occurred to me that because I do so many things, the best way of saying what I do is just to give it in as short a way as possible. So that means saying three words, I'm a writer, a musician, and an actress. There we go. Um, so that's... <laughs> That's that bit. Um, in terms of the story, gosh, you know, I've been watching videos of some of these. It's just so annoying to me um, because of 
the conversations that have been about compare and despair because my story I suppose is that I always wanted to play the piano I always wanted to be a musician um in the sense I was just drawn to the piano and couldn't explain it to anyone really right um but my family were not in the least bit musical um and didn't understand it and um you know so I've really grown up with that whole background that's perhaps somewhat opposite to American culture where you grow up being told, Oh no, you can't do that. Um, no, no, no. Um, that, that's not possible. And I, I kind of learned those things really well, you know, I sort of took it on board really well. So it's taken me many, many years to realize a, they were wrong and B to get to a point where I'm not trying to prove them wrong desperately but I can right. forge my own path in my own way that works for me. Right. Um, so, yeah. Well, wow. I mean, that's uh, quite the way to kick the show off. Um, <laughs> so musician, actress, writer. Yeah. <laughs> Was that always what you wanted to do? Or what was the, that defining I I, moment for you? Well, there were several because of them being different things. Um, in terms of acting, I always wanted to do acting because I just felt that it must be a wonderful thing to be able to be someone else for a while, um, inhabit someone else's world. Um, and it's great fun. And... I remember also in one of my French classes at school, you know, you have that thing where they say, and so what do you want to do when you grow up and all that stuff? And I said, actress. And, you know, I had that sort of stare from everyone else. How would she, how dare she say actress? That's a ridiculous thing to say. How stupid is she? <laughs> you know, um, and so they sort of humor you and go, oh, how lovely. And, and you just get that feeling that that's just an outrageous thing to, to say. But acting was something that I did almost as a, a way of counteracting the difficulties of being a musician. My right. moment of um, sort of drawing me to music was probably when I was really little. The first time I encountered piano um, was sort of in a primary school and I, I can't remember how old I was. I, I don't rec recollect, my mum does. Um, and I dang and one of the teachers said something like, and so my mum said no and that was the end. Um, and it was the end of my having access to a piano. I didn't have access to a piano till um, maybe in my teens when I was going to like a youth group and, and it was in the church and there was a <laughs> piano there and I was drawn to playing it. And I kind of wanted to sit and play the piano more than I did, you know, more than I wanted to sit and chat to people, you know. Right. I preferred the idea of making some music than actually having to talk to people. Um, so that me in, I didn't get access to a piano until my parents moved to the States and I, well, and I lived with um, a family as a lodger for a year um, and they had a piano and I asked permission every day when it would be convenient for me to play. Um, and I think the lady got, the landlady got a little bit annoyed with me because I was playing things far more competently than she was and she was having lessons and I wasn't. Um, so that didn't go down well. Um, hence being super polite every day and saying, when would it be convenient for me to play? Um, but when I got to university, then I actually paid 
of some lessons and, and started to learn. And it was exciting because I had taught myself for so long, just working things out by ear. So I then had to go backwards with a lot of things and just let the fingering for stuff. And it was, it was so hard, but I then went on to the piano shop and, um, and quit the language. There were just steps along the way each time with music that just made learning the piano, playing the piano, writing songs. Um, so yeah, it was quite a challenge. Um, but one of the things I did when I was still just teaching myself um, when I was living with, into a cafe that had piano there and I just asked, I mean, I must have been about 17, 18. I don't know how I had to do it. I just walked in and asked if I could play the piano. I play a bit, just stuff. And um, they did, you know, oh, it must have been all while since you played or something and and i just just i didn't take it personally somehow it's like if only you knew and it was almost as though i thought he was sort of saying you must have played in your life I mean, yes i probably did <laughs> and people in the cafe thanked me that it was it was Rowan, we lost you on, uh, so apparently we had a little bit of technical difficulties on um, Facebook. Rowan, I have you on Instagram, but I don't have you on Facebook. Gotta love technical difficulties when you're doing live videos. Um, Thank you everybody for who for for a bit. Thank you everybody for those of you who are watching so far. Uh, it's okay. Um, I want to throw since since we have a moment while uh, Rowan gets back on the Facebook stream. I want to mention this: if you guys are, if you are somebody who is struggling, reach out to somebody, have that conversation, make sure that you talk because that oftentimes is what you need to do. You just need to let it out um and in, rather than bottling it up inside so um looks like we're getting rowan back on the facebook stream all right yes. so we're back oh, sorry about that guys <laughs> it's the joy of technology i mean this yes it, yeah. it wouldn't be the first time and i'm sure it won't be the last time we get booted <laughs> out of a stream for some reason or another um yeah i mean the joy of technology so <laughs> I'm actually like reducing all of my other technology consumption in my office to make sure that all of the bandwidth is right here, right now. So mm -hmm. Sujit says it's clear. Tab as well. Hopefully that will be of help. I've just tried to clear things, but yes. Um, what can you do with technology? Yeah, now. Okay. I've got okay? my yeah okay yeah. <laughs> awesome well um 
so how much did you catch of that? Sorry if it was like completely garbled. I, I heard all of it until we lost the connection on Facebook. Um, so, we were talking a lot about piano. We were talking about uh, the moment when you were about 17, 18, and then that's about where everything started getting wonky. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, the, the key thing about that the story really is that I had the courage to go and play piano in a cafe where I'd never been before, played the people there liked it. And I was so pleased with myself because I'd only been learning the piano myself for a little while. Um, and I just felt so in love with the piano. I remember speaking to my mom on the phone um, afterwards and mentioning it and saying how, I just said, oh, you know, it was great. And the people in the cafe really liked me. I, I, I'd really like to do this for a living. And my mum said, well, that's not going to pay the rent, is it? And there was, no, there was no sort of congratulations for learning to play the piano well enough on your own, by yourself, in order to go into a cafe and play and have people thank you. No, goodness, that's amazing how courageous you were to do that. It was just, well, that won't pay the rent, will it? That was it. And that's basically the story, really, in terms of, the sorts of um, the sort of environment that I was surrounded by, I didn't have. There weren't people around me who were even self-employed, let alone self-employed in a creative field. Right, right. So that's just something that. Oh, your audio is a bit Sorry. rough on yeah. Facebook, but um, hold on. This is the joy, joys of live videos, everybody. Like sometimes it's clear, sometimes it's not. Um. Anyways, so yeah, I want to dive into to something that I that I read that you. Are we still on? Okay. All right. Um, we're working on it. <laughs> um, so one of the things that I want to talk about that 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 you shared with me about uh, is in Go ahead, Ryan. Really, it's clear. All right. Cool. Well. Um, the thing that I want to go into, you, you shared an article with me that you had written. Um, what's up? Okay, you're back. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, what I was I cutting out. Now you're back. It's okay. Okay. What I want to get into now is you shared a really compelling article with me that you had written uh, a while ago for um, Angela's magazine. And... Um, I mean, I'm going to include it so people can, other people can read it too, but uh, that was just such an incredible story that I really want to spend a little bit of time talking Thanks about. Are we, are we back? Probably about 30% of what you just said. Um, <laughs> 
no, what I was, but I think I, was I, know, saying, I know what you're referring to. I, I know the article, yeah, the article you're referring to. Um, yeah, I wrote that because um, probably to some extent as a result of the story I just told about the playing in the cafe, um, I, I just couldn't find a way to do music and make it work. And my relationship at the time that had gone on for a long time fell apart. Um, partly as a result of my insistence on continuing with music. Um, and, and I just decided that the best way to deal with things is make sure that I could live on my own. And living on my own in London wasn't very viable. Um, rents are really high. It's really difficult to pay for. Um, right. So I moved to the Czech, I moved to, moved to the Czech Republic um, because I knew I could get a teaching job there that would just about pay the rent for me to live on my own in an apartment on my own so I could really kind of look after myself after having gone through the, the breakup and and it was it was still really tough and I just I I just felt like I've screwed up I'm, I'm not getting anywhere this is not happening I'm, this is not working and and I you know in a way it was in a way it was a good idea to do something different to right. go somewhere new to to have a sort of fresh start with things but it was really hard to be somewhere where I was so isolated so in some ways it wasn't very clever to do that <laughs> and I just got to a point where you know I knew that my my ex was moving in with um, his new partner at the end of the year and I knew that would be sort of the end of us being in contact because I just knew that, that would be no more kind right. of even chatting as friends and I just I just started thinking, okay, I just, I don't see any way out. I don't see any way forward. And I, you know, I did go through that whole dark night of the soul stuff that lots of people go through, but don't really talk about understandably because right. it's painful and who wants to talk about that? Right. So it makes sense. But I really did sort of in a sense plan to kill myself. I really just thought, okay, <laughs> I don't see any way out. That's, you know, it's going to be Christmas holidays. No one's going to be around for a while. Fine. Right. And in my head, I had this idea. And then the thing that kind of really saved me, I suppose, was that I came down with a cold, a really nasty cold. And I had to look after myself because I couldn't do it. I couldn't think straight. I, you know, I had to just rest. Right. And in somehow in doing that, I kind of ran out of time to sort of organize what I was going to do. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, this is the thing, you know, it's so absurd, but when you're caught in that thinking, you start thinking that's the most logical thing in the world. It makes total sense. Mm -hmm. And, you know, no one's going to notice and, you know, it's going to be fine. Um, that solves the problem. And it's just, I read an article um, in the Chicago Tribune around that time. I I don't know, I think I'd picked it up from when I'd been to Chicago ages ago and it had stuck in a folder of mine and I came across it at that time and I read it again and it was an article about how people should study things for the joy of studying, for, right. you know, it shouldn't be about study and then in your third year make sure you get your internship organised so that you can leap straight into the working world. He was just really advocating this idea that there could be a joy to reading and doing a literature degree or something and a joy to doing philosophy or something that's that seems like it's not you know that everyone will tell you that's not going to get you a job that's not going to pay the rent 
And I just identified with that so much. And I saw that his email was at the bottom of the article. And I just thought, you know what? Last final message in a bottle, last ditch attempt. I'm going to write to this guy. And if he writes back, I'll find a way to carry on. And I sort of wrote to him and just sort of said, God, what do you do? I really admired your article, but what do you do when the things that you love, you can't, you can't make a living, you can't make work. And, and I, you know, at the time I hadn't, you know, I've since been sort of in, um, I've had counseling and I've been in 12 step programs and I've since learned just how grandiose the email I sent him was. I mean, it was full of woe is me kind of stuff, full of very dramatic, overly, overly dramatic kind of sounding vocabulary. And he wrote back nonetheless, and I did read and I couldn't believe that he'd had packed me in spite of the fact that I was writing so woe is me kind of stuff. And it it just reminded me there are good people in the world. There are good people who will have your back even when they don't even know you. And I was so moved by that that it just kind of gave me that tiny, tiny glint of hope of like, maybe there is a way because there are extraordinary people out there and he's one of them right. and he wrote to me, you know, and it, and it was just the step that kind of got me back into trying to look for other ways. Like what else can I do? What, how else can I make this work as being a creative person, you know, from a working class background who has no contacts and no, you know, how do I do this? Um, but yeah, it was a real turning point and, you know, a lot of people don't want to hear it. And, and I'm sure that, perhaps people might be watching this and feeling like, oh God, that's, that's so, I mean, that's really dark. I don't want to hear that stuff. But somebody will want to hear it. You know, somebody may want to hear it because maybe they think they're the only person that's been through that. Maybe they think that they're the only person that feels that way. Maybe they think that they're the only person that's got to that stage of music where they feel like they're in love with someone who is constantly abusing them. You know, I mean, I'm sure I've heard hints of it in other musicians that people do get to a stage where it's all grandiose thinking, it's all all or nothing thinking, and they've just had it up to here and they can't take it anymore. And whatever they decide at that stage is, it may well be different, but it, there's a sense of despair that can happen. And Absolutely. And I think, if people try and pretend they've never felt that sense of despair, I think they're probably lying. Ah, uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> of course they're lying. <laughs> because, I mean, because what we just talked about and what we're going to continue talking about is something that we don't talk about, right? Like, we, we're, we're growing up regardless of the culture you live in. This isn't something we talk about. No. Or when we do talk about it, we're talking about it after something happens, which is so backwards to me because we're in this era right now, especially where it's all got to be proactive, right? Always be doing something constant, this like always on the offense that just that rhetoric but it doesn't come back to the music. It doesn't come back to, to our mind and our, and, and what we need to do for us. It's in yeah. everything else externally that we're doing. Yes, which exactly. 
that was what I built this show on was this shit's not easy. Absolutely not. And it's not always, I mean, it's, it's not easy. It's not pretty. This is ugly at times. I mean, it has beautiful moments, but it's ugly at times, but we can't ignore it because when we ignore it, we ignore ourselves. When we ignore ourselves, we're stuck on the Christmas holidays debating on whether or not we continue with life and, or that Saturday afternoon in, in your bedroom when you're 14 years, 15 years old and you want to just end it, but you don't. Like, this is why we talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like, and I think it's, it, it kind of comes out of a lot of things, but it's, it's exacerbated by the fact that we can't talk about it. So we get to that stage of feeling that desperate and we feel, and we pile extra judgment on ourselves of like, look at me, I'm a total loser. Look how desperate I'm getting. I'm having these thoughts and nobody realizes. And um, because you get into that mindset of, well, if I've got to this stage and I haven't achieved anything and I'm feeling like this, then I'm a total loser. I'm a failure. We just keep using that words in our head and it goes round and round in our head. Um, I mean, I, it went round and round in my head. I can't speak for anyone else, but I think there's a lot. It does with everybody, whether they admit it or not. I think there's a lot in, in our culture that tries to repeat those things as well. Um, you know, doesn't want to know about someone who's struggling. It only wants to know, as you say, about the people who are proactive and doing lots of stuff. Well, it's one thing to be doing things, taking action and trying to achieve things. That's, that's admirable. Right. But if you're taking tons of action without acknowledging how you feel, without the awareness of your thoughts, without the awareness of where you're, the way your own thoughts are working against you, without the awareness of, um, you know, even understanding why you're doing things. I mean, this is something that Sue's talked about. Um, Mm -hmm. you know that if you come back to when you're in this compare and despair with other people if you come back to what it is you want to do on your path and why then that's when you can start to decide what actions you need to take but unless you have that a moment of awareness before doing anything then you take action in in a sort of frenzy of just trying anything you can think of and just doing a ton of stuff that isn't going to be helpful even if it were helpful the energy you're doing it in is going to bring back more stress and not the actual result that you were initially looking for um and I think this is a key thing that that she mentioned as well is that you have to have time to reflect now I know you said something about um how having too much time to reflect doesn't help you. And I know that that's also the flip side, that if you sit and ruminate, yes, that that means that things can get worse if you're in a pattern of thinking that isn't helpful to you, especially if you just really don't know what that pattern of thinking is and and be able to identify it and not judge it, but identify that it's there and choose differently, Um, then you can get stuck. Um, And you get stuck just taking loads of action, but if you take time to reflect, that's where the creativity comes from. I mean, as a mm-hmm. writer, to have time. I last year got to 
it was actually this sort of time last year I got to be in Paris and stay in a friend's um, room in a lovely top floor flat and I actually took the time to have a day or so where I just watched films and I watched the light change and that sounds like the laziest thing in the world to do but when you (laughs) recognize the beauty of the way the light changes against buildings in Paris it's the most creatively nourishing thing you could do so if we deny ourselves those things what are we doing you know I just it it's such a shame to be constantly thinking about ticking boxes and getting this done and then I can say I've done that and then I can put this on my resume and that's not life that's not living right you know I couldn't agree more And that's what we need to get back to. And I think that's what music is all about. You know, it's finding the beauty in the tiniest details and putting it all together in a song. And it's, you know, you can listen to a song in the morning when it's cloudy and horrible outside and suddenly feel tons better because it's created the weather in your head, you know? Right. I mean, I could just sit here and let let you speak for the rest of this um, session Uh, (laughs) because it it, you're you're resonating everything that I I mean we're all going through this stuff and like we all I mean Carter my assistant sitting over here to my right and like we've got a laundry list of things to do today in the remaining hours that we're here. But will we get it all done? Probably not, because for once it's actually nice outside. So we might just go do something. Because it, it, while the stuff needs to get done, happiness is so much more important. Yeah. Like whatever you do, you gotta do it because it makes you happy. Don't get so lost in the work that you lose that reason why you do what you do. And um, this came up, yeah, the other day in an Instagram conversation that I was having. Um, we were talking about work versus play, right? You, we've, all, we've all heard that all work, no play, blah, 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 right? Yeah. Um, but we decided to flip the script and say all play, no work because – when you love what you do, shouldn't really feel like work. I mean, yes, stuff has to get done in order for progression to happen. Sure. But you got to go back to the why. And I think a lot of us, especially as creatives, I wish I was a musician. I'm unfortunately not. I just happen to be blessed to work with amazing musicians. Um, <laughs> but we have to take that time to do what we want to do because we love it and because if we do it that way then things are going to happen the way they need to happen versus trying to force the square block in the round hole kind of a thing yes definitely i mean there's a lot of um as a musician doing different styles of music, you can feel like I felt 
between lots of different things. I've, you know, trained classically said, by getting classical letter writing, pop music, you know, just sort of fell in between in each case. Um, but being able to, as you say, get back to really remind yourself why what it is you love makes distinctly, you know, a real practical sort of example of this was I was doing a lot of work. I was trying to, you know, just post, send out my newsletters, post regularly on social media, just tick the boxes with stuff. But I wasn't enjoying it and I wasn't enjoying the work I was doing to bring some money in as well. And it was all getting on, on top of me. And and I just felt like nothing was happening. And a friend of mine said, well, have you played the piano recently? Have you been playing? And I realized that, no, it had been sort of like five minutes as a last resort at the end of the day, thinking, oh, I should probably do some scales, you know. And <laughs> the minute I got back to actually enjoying playing my songs and go, oh, yeah, I've written some songs, haven't I? I might want to play those and just, I don't know, enjoy playing the songs I created. I did that and a few days later someone from Prague got in touch with me who I'd had one meeting with and I didn't think he even liked me he seemed like he just thought I was useless he suddenly got in touch with me and said oh um listen I have this uh singer who uh has some songs that he's written in English but he's not a native speaker um would you be able to correct them oh and also I've got some other songs I'm wondering whether you could just write some lyrics for them <laughs> and I got paid work for writing lyrics that just came out of the blue and it was literally a few days after I had got into playing the piano um, and enjoying it again so I mean I don't know I can't explain it but you know maybe it's a, it's something to think about <laughs> uh -huh. it's <clears throat> I, I don't know I don't really have anything to add to that you hit it on the head um, <laughs> Let, um, one of the, one of the parts that I of the show that I always try to do is when when people are struggling with with things there's there's certain things that all of us have done over the years to kind of combat those dark places right for me my my way to combat the dark places is to always be moving right like I don't sit still because when I sit still the darkness comes. I don't like like the the thought of like oh hey I'm just gonna like I I can't do it. it it drives my wife and my kids crazy because I'm always have to be doing something right but one of the things that I've started doing that's been working for me is like I while I'm always doing something I'm doing different things like I've really gotten into okay. cooking lately of all things like because that while it's artistic and 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 process driven like i am it's also allows me to take a break from everything else that i'm doing but okay. still be moving so what yeah what's like what's something that you've had to kind of install in your life to help you like progress out of those potentially dark moments a tip or a um, trick or a tool or Something. Well, it's kind of a combination of things. I don't think there's just one little thing that you can do and go, ah, oh, that fixes it. Great. Um, certainly, for me, exercise has been a really big thing. Just being able to do 
and it sounds ridiculous, but just being able to do aerobics that's based on what I did at school, prancing about like a crazy person to, you know, Kylie Minogue and Madonna songs. I don't care. You know, it may be the saddest thing in the world. I just don't care. If I'm doing six, what, what I think it's 46 high kicks in a row um, <laughs> to an Iggy Azalea song or something, I just feel on top of the world and I feel like, I am invincible because my body can do this and it doesn't matter how old I am, I'm still doing high kicks. So, hey, go me, um, you know, and I can still do the splits and it's great. Um, so that has been the one thing that I feel is like, if that's not in place, things start to fall apart. Um, so that has to be in, I mean, again, you know, it's something that I, if I'm busy, I, I, I think, oh, can I really afford to, not do that session of aerobics and probably the answer is no because even if i think i'm going to get more work done i'm going to deteriorate over the next few days as a result mm -hmm. in my mood and in my sense of you know energy because it it does ironically give me more energy if i keep regularly doing aerobics mm -hmm. um i mean it's very jane fond of me but i've been reading her um primetime book recently <laughs> just because i just admire the woman so much I mean, she's, there's going to be some documentary about her. I think she's going to be 80 soon. And it's just, you know, looking after your body, it's, it's just really important. <laughs> I, I, I have, we, not, you know. <laughs> I, for those of you guys who are on Instagram and watching this that are not on Facebook, we have some like really great comments coming in from Rachel. Um, anyways, <laughs> I want to, uh, that that kind of gave me a, a real quick thing I wanted to do. To those of you who are watching this, whether you're watching it live with us this afternoon or will be watching to it slash listening to it after the fact, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Like I know we all have a million things that we can be doing, but I massively appreciate you taking the time to be here with us this afternoon. So uh, we can continue. I just have to pause for station identification kind of thing. <laughs> Well, yes, and thank you, Rachel, because Rachel's been great. Um, and it I just reminds me of fact. <laughs> don't we all? I mean, she's brilliant. I mean, come on. Um, she's just marvellous. Um, what was I going to Oh, yes. Well, that just reminds me that, you know, another thing that just sort of surprises me um, in a way, and I, I have sort of found myself disappointed about this at certain points in my life, is that we, we spend so much time working and I think American culture is very much focused on this even more so than British um that it's almost like you know if you don't have any time to see your friends it's like a badge of honor like oh I'm so busy I've barely been out you know and I've just been doing this this and that and it's hustle like 24 7 yep yeah it's not a badge of honor if you've not spoken to your friend for ages and I was thinking this just before um we came on that isn't it strange that I get to talk to you for an hour? Like, it's a really lovely thing to set aside some time to talk to this person who's really interesting. Why don't we do this more often with our friends? Why don't we say, you know what? I'm gonna carve out an hour to talk to you. I haven't talked to you in ages. You're great, let's have a chat. And let's chat for an hour. Let's not be doing this five minutes thing because, oh, I've got to rush off now. And, you know, why can't we do that? I think friendships are really important. And I think, People overlook them. I, I mean, I, I family, I don't want to have children at any point. So I don't know what it's like to be torn in loads of different directions by having, you know, your partner, your children and your friends. I know that that must be 
really tricky. I have no idea how people do it. But I do think that as far as I can see, you have to have room for different types of relationship in your life. It can't just be your partner or it can't just be your partner and your kids. I think friends are important too. And they are the people that give you a different perspective when you have been in this little cocoon of your family, because sometimes you do need a different perspective. I'm certainly someone who needs a lot of variety. I feel inspired if I see lots of different things and I travel to lots of different places and I talk to lots of different people, you know, of all ages. And I, I just think we need to talk to each other more. And, you know, we do it for a show, but why can't we call someone up and say, listen, next week, when are you free? Let's chat for an hour. Let's do it. You know, why can't we do that? I think it would be such a, I don't know, maybe it would save the world, you know? <laughs> I just, <laughs> that's a certain I, I think, of that I think that that's what we need to do. Right, like, to an extent, whatever I like to um, so it, it, that's so true. Why? I mean, yes, work is important. Well, career is important. Financial security is important. All of those things are important, but it's not important if you don't have people in your life. Like relationships are critical. I mean, one of the biggest things that I've spent the last seven years of my career doing is building incredible relationships whether that be in the music business, whether that be in the branding and marketing space, whether that be in life, like my big focus is being able to create amazing relationships and do cool things with cool people. And, oh yeah, by the way, I just get to add value along the way. Like that's so much more important to me than dollars in my bank account. And don't get me wrong, having dollars is important because we yeah. need it to live. Yeah. But if that's the reason why you're doing what you're doing, you've already lost. Good point. Yeah. Because I mean, and, I, and, I, and I'm kind of sitting in this weird like time and space in my own life right now where, I mean, the music is stuff is continuing, but like, do I have to go get a job? <laughs> like, or do I just push through and the job would make life easier for, from the financial perspective, from, from the obligation perspective, but I would die a little bit, man. Like I just, because I can't build for somebody else unless that somebody else's mission is so closely related to mine. Like I just can't. Oh, yeah. we have we have a question uh, on Instagram. So, a uh, question from my good friend Sujith, um, who's by the way is watching from all the way in India this evening. Um, he says, "What all your future plan? What are your future plans and future projects?" Mm, future plans and projects. Um, well, uh, I have a second book of poetry that's going to be a follow up to um, the one that came out last year. Um, um, I'm looking forward to bringing that one out. Um, I mean, similarly to you, I have been sort of putting things off a little bit 
to some extent because of waiting for money to come in or trying to find money. Um, but I have done some new recording recently. Um, so I'm looking to hopefully release um, one of the tracks that I've just recorded. Um, and that's, ironically, it's like it links back to the aeroplanes. It's a song called Hudson Landing that's about um, the kind of comparison between the situation of Hudson Landing, which was basically a triumph out of a disaster, um, and the end of a relationship and how that can be a triumph out of a disaster if you if you do it right, you know, if you right. can be open-hearted um, and the other person's perspective, see your own life perspective from a kind of much more um, view. So there's that. Um, I think in terms of um, future plans and projects that I really I'm putting feelers out for really. It's definitely working a lot more with other people because I've done a lot of things on my own. Um, right. I've traveled a lot over the last couple of years. I was in New York for on and off for about six months. Um, thanks, Rachel. She's saying I can't wait to hear your music. Yay! Um, and, you know, traveling and observing other people and, you know, talking to other people from all walks of life has been great inspiration for um, other stuff that I'm writing. Um, and I am looking to write another book that's going to be completely different to the poems as well. But I do, you know, I want to work with some people, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to be stuck being little isolated Rowan. I think it's, you know, time to, to find some sort of little joint ventures I can do. Um, so I'm putting the feelers out about those sorts of things. Um, and yeah, I, I just want to keep being able to have these conversations about, um, about mental health and about, and about feminism as well, and I mean that in in the way of really covering both. Like feminism needs to mean equality for everyone. And one of the things that also made me want to sort of talk to you is I came across an article um, in uh, sort of a men's magazine, um, Esquire, um, that said one of the, the literally had got to the stage where the biggest killer of men between the age of I think it was 20, 21, 25 and 49 in the UK in 2015 was suicide. And something that you were saying in one of your other interviews was the idea that men are constantly being pushed to getting angry instead of sad. They're not allowed to cry. They're not allowed to have tears in their eyes. They had, you know, they've sort of been brought up that mm. crying is bad. Being angry is good. You know, being aggressive and angry is fine, but just don't cry for what, whatever you do. Just don't cry. Um, and I think that has damaged our culture so much. It also has an impact on making things difficult for women in its own way because if men aren't talking right. about their feelings and they're not expressing them they're gonna be much more aggressive they're gonna have that pent-up energy and as a woman that can feel really scary and threatening if you're with a partner who's very very angry because that doesn't get you anywhere you can't right. you have to drop down to an awareness of where that anger is coming from and if you're just taking that anger with you and trying to push through all the time this constant you know, being told essentially just push through it. It's so unhealthy and it affects everyone. And, you know, right. if you're a parent as well and you're you're living by those principles, right. you know, how is that going to affect the next generation? You know, it, it's just, it's so cyclical and we get stuck in these patterns that are not healthy. And I right. just think 
we need to have these conversations. Now, in the same way that I think that that's a really important thing we need to talk about for men, I think women, you know, need to be able to talk about the stuff that happens for them. And a right. funny story that I want to share just because I think it's quite amusing um, <laughs> that then kind of balances out the whole feminism thing is, you know, I, I went on this date, um, I guess it's about two years ago now, and um, when we ended up arranging the date, I had period pain that day. And so I took some painkillers and showed up anyway, because I'm the sort of person who just shows up. I don't like to cancel things at the last minute. I want to be reliable. And he asked me if I wanted to drink. And I said, um, you know what? No, I'll just have some orange juice because I'm on painkillers. And he said, oh, why? And I thought, okay, I know it's the first date. And I know that I should say something like, oh, I've, I had a bit of a headache or, oh, you know. But I just thought, no, fuck it. You know what? We're both adults. You know, mm -hmm. like, seriously, you can live with this. So I just said, oh, I've just got period pain at the moment. So I just need to take some painkillers. But it's fine now. Don't worry. And he was like, <laughs> um, American women don't normally talk about that kind of thing. And I just thought, well, A, love, I'm not American. B, if, they, if they're not talking about it, they should because... 50% of the population goes through this at some stage. So um, just deal with it. You know, no, right. one, no one's harmed you. This is just a little right. bit of information, you know, and it means that you know where I'm at. And maybe you can tell me about your frustration today at work or something. I don't care, but let's just, let's not play by these rules of, oh, you better not mention that. And oh, don't mention that. That's going to be a little unseemly and uncouth. You know, what is this? You know, it's... So it's things like that where if we're not really in a position to talk about what's really going on, we're doing ourselves a disservice. I I mean, <laughs> it's rarely that it's rare that I go speechless on my own show. Um, <laughs> yes, I achieved this feat. Hurrah! <laughs> um, but I just think this is the point, you know, if if we can communicate, we can help each other as, out as men and women. If we can communicate honestly, we can help each other out. If we don't, and we're right. trying to hide behind our own little battles in our own little battlefield in our head, we're not living, we're not being human beings, you know. I couldn't agree more. I keep trying to come up with like witty um, thing. I'm losing you on Facebook. I'm losing you on Facebook. I can't hear. I can hear you now just with the Instagram feed. I can't hear through Facebook. It doesn't like me. It's because I said I don't like Facebook that much. <laughs> it's my fault. Um, no, Instagram I like, but I'm not very savvy with. I still can't hear you on Facebook. That's bizarre. 
I'm going to put the other headphones back on. So I should be back now. Am I good? Yes. Hurrah. All right. Yeah. So apparently my uh, my Bluetooth decided to die. They don't let oh, dear. you. Um, How nice of it. <laughs> yeah. So this has been an incredible episode. Um, I'm feeling inspired after this. Like... I mean, I, 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 I love these conversations because I get to be a human. I'm not just the social media guy or the business guy or the music guy. Like, I get to be a human and um, interact and engage with other humans and have these <laughs> real honest uh, discussions. And this one, um, not to, to, to put down my other guests or any future guests, but this has been one of my favorites so far. Um, it's been touched. Thank you. So it's, um, thank you for being on. Uh, we only have a few more moments left. Instagram is probably going to kick us off before Facebook does. But uh, because apparently Instagram, you only have an hour time limit on your live videos, which I think is kind of bullshit. But that's what <laughs> we're going to talk about. Um, so um, hmm. what, where can people find you? I mean, I'm going to put links and stuff like that in the sure. bottom. Um, but, uh... Uh, you can find me, I mean, the easiest thing is probably uh, Rowan Music on Twitter um, and on Instagram as well. Um, and you can find me on my website, which is just rowanbridler.com. Um, and then that way, if you want to keep in touch, then you can get my emails and some other stuff. So, yeah, that's the best way to awesome. find me. Well, I'm going to include all of her links uh, down in the description below once the video goes on YouTube. And the audio from this episode will also be airing on my podcast. So make sure that you guys check that out as well. Uh, all previous six episodes are on all of the platforms. So feel free to check them out. Uh, Rowan, thank you again for joining me. Uh, this has been a real honor. And uh, yeah. Any last really words of wisdom for uh, the people watching before we shut it down for today? Last words of wisdom? Um, uh, I think it's just to remind people to be compassionate with themselves and with other people. You know, if we, if we see an animal that's suffered and it's suffered because it's been taught to chase something and it can't get out of that habit, you know, just remember that you have that huge compassion for an animal but when you see people struggling with something you often judge them and say oh they can't get their shit together take a moment to just think hang on a minute i don't know what their circumstances are maybe they're just really struggling because they've been taught that way and they're trying to unlearn some stuff that wasn't helpful maybe we can just learn to be a little bit more compassionate and less judgmental i don't know i think that might help us all i couldn't agree more Thank you to everybody on Instagram who joined us. I'm going to, we're going to sign off on Instagram and then uh, a quick little sign off on Facebook and we'll end it. But to everyone who's watching this, um, be happy and have fun with what you do because it doesn't matter. 
it, nothing else matters. Your happiness and enjoying what you do and enjoying who you do it with um, matter the most. So we'll see you guys in the next one. Bye, Instagram. <laughs> Sharing. All right. So Facebook, um, thank you all for, for tuning in. Um, although Rachel spelled my last name wrong, but we'll, we'll not hold it, hold it against her. Um, it wasn't the first time my last name was spelled wrong. It was a typer. But, um, thank you all who watched on Facebook. Um, ever on this channel until Facebook decides to boot me off of Facebook. Um, but thank you all. Uh, thank you, Rowan, most importantly. And um, thank you so much for having me on. New episodes coming next week, so stay tuned for that. So, see you, Facebook. Fantastic.